Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and I can see Brett. Are you there? Can I'm you talk? Here. <laughs> I'm, I can talk. Yes, I'm here. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Vital component to the podcast. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is. You've got to ask how you are, don't you? Yeah. I don't know how you are. I haven't spoken to you for a week, have I? So, I know. It's, I need, been a busy I need... week. it's been a busy week and we haven't, we've missed a recording session. So this, mm-hmm. that means that this episode we're recording now will go out next week it's going to be the follow-up to the brave star one which is getting a good feedback at the moment oh well that's good that's good i'm glad people are enjoying listening to what rambling on about mm-hmm. nonsense and obviously i've come away to uh, a remote location for this recording as you can see a secret location yeah is it yeah it's a secret are you, are you gonna divulge to the secret are you you just going to keep it to yourself Cliff because as we speak you're sitting in a bathroom and I can see your, your balls slightly hanging down over your chair. I shouldn't have put the camera so low should I? You shouldn't have done that. It's, should uh, I put it back up to I, me? I, obviously it's, it's for my pleasure. It's quite brief pleasure isn't it so I'll move once you've seen it once. I'm just in a hotel I'm in, um, I'm in Abu Dhabi I'm here for the night but I thought I'd get dressed up for this Skype occasion, so you can see us in a different light. So what you do when you, you're in a hotel room, yeah, don't you? I'm, you in, just, a, uh, you I'm in a robe, and... I've got a different tripod, so I can carry it around like Freddie uh-huh. Mercury if, if if the need arises. Yeah. Also, another thing was that, having listened back to the last few episodes, you sit in seclusion, and the only sound we can hear from you <laughs> is when you're guzzling your non-alcoholic beers. And I seem to be like a field recording from the 1930s or something. I'm surrounded right. by bangs and crashes and cats meowing and babies crying. <laughs> so I thought I'd come to a hotel just so there's some silence. So yeah. I don't seem like the, the least professional of this outfit when we know that that's not the case. But I'm being made to look like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I'm sorry, but the, the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? So anyway, what we're talking about this week, you asked me to watch X-Files. Yeah, well, before that, I want, I want to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing this week. Because, okay. you know, I like to tell you that. You've, you've told me about your robe and that. So I, I think well, I'd you can see the robe, but I didn't have to tell you. 
Well, you tell everybody else because it's an audio thing, isn't it? So, you know, other, other people can't see you. So this week, well, I've been I've been applying for jobs. That's what I've been doing. Oh, really? I'm applying for jobs. You've got yeah, a job. So I've uh, I have got a job, but I, I just you know a little bit of extra money wouldn't wouldn't go amiss, mm-hmm. which is why I sell Elvis heads and various things like that. So. I've been uh, denied recently by the Royal Mail. That's one. Denied? Uh, Dixon's. Did you get? Yeah, hang yeah, on, hang on. Did you get in touch with Brian Clifford? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course I got. I got in uh, touch with Brian Clifford. He, he, he was no help whatsoever. <laughs> um, Dixon, <laughs> Dixon's the pork shop. What were you trying to do there? Uh, drive Savloys around in a car and deliver Savloys. Oh, a driver. A driver. Okay. I was just driving Savloys. Oh, that's what I was going to do, but they, they wouldn't have us. Um, and the Bishop of Jarrow. What, <laughs> <laughs> to drive him around? No, well, you just do whatever the Bishop asks you to do, don't you, Cliff? <laughs> what? What's the job? I've got no idea. Just a, a, an assistant of the Bishop of Jarrow. But so you'd be basically at the whim of... I didn't get it, no. <laughs> I mean, get that one. I can't help but think that it's probably for the best. It also, you <laughs> never, never had a chance of getting that job. <laughs> so, any anyway, on me, uh, me, me vis- recent uh, job exploits and getting denied by all these places, I've realised that things are a little bit different now. It's what what you've got to do is is take a personality test to get a job. So okay. it's it's not like when we were young, we could just go at the interview and they think, right, you know, you're a, a nice guy or whatever. You're quite subservient, as the Bishop of Jerome might require. <laughs> <You're a nice laughs> height. So yeah, you're a nice height. So it, it, the personality tests and stuff like that are just ridiculous. So I've got one for you, Cliff. Is it real? Yeah, well, it's real enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, are you ready to take the personality test? After, I'm after unprepared. I'm unprepared. Well, that, that you are unprepared in all these things. That's just that, that's what it is to, to try and catch you out. So, I've got my personality ready. <laughs> <laughs> right, are you ready? I'll I'll input these sort of results into a supercomputer later, and that will determine you know your general personality. So, oh, question so you're number gonna, you're one. You're just going to see what it is, are you? Well, no, I'm going to input it into a supercomputer. No, no. Question number one. Due to your addictive use of the shuttle, your family have become aware of your consistent absence. Right? (laughs) (laughs) To combat this, you have agreed to buy a pet hamster, who you call Jeff, after your favourite Biker Grove character. Mm -hmm. On his days off, Jeff, has been down the pub seeing you look like the fat one from hearsay. Do you A, chastise the hamster, explaining if he talks behind your back again, there will be consequences. Okay. B, secretly conspire against Jeff, blaming him for the recent graffiti in the tower block you reside in. <laughs> C, accept your cover has been blown and you were the fat one out of hearsay but have since retired due to musical differences. I think it's B. The sneaky option is that's the one I'm going for. 
that I've said be. Right. So there's going to be no right. well, with the results. No, I'll, I won't tamper with it. Don't worry. Question two. Your general order has attracted the attention of vermin to your tower block. Do you A, pretend that rats don't exist and claim the plague was caused by Jeff from Biker Grove? B, blame the sudden infestation on your hamster Jeff. Admit your guilt, but explain you've been watching reruns of the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> I think uh, I'll have to come clean and see on this one. Yeah. You broke up a little we'll bit, so I missed, like the red I missed shoe the B ones, but I still know it was C. <laughs> we all love the Red Shoe Diaries, don't we, Cliff? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a link, isn't there, with what we're talking about? I presume that's why it's in. Yes. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the last question, so you're not being subjected to any other interrogation. Right. Good. Are you ready? Jeff from Biker Grove gets in touch to let you know that he likes your general demeanour and stance. Oh, nice. And he, <laughs> and he proposes a meeting but demands Jeff the hamster is not invited as he feels all hamsters are twats. <laughs> Do you a, a, explain you have patched up your differences with Jeff? And if he's not invited, no deal. <laughs> right? B, tell Jeff from Biker Grove you have no intention of meeting him as Spuggy was your favourite all along. C, Agree, yes, all hamsters are twats, and Jeff's ongoing influence within your tower block has become a serious problem. Well, I think C, but not for those reasons. Yes, obviously, I'm going to go and meet Jeff from Biker Grove, but I'm not bothered about the influence of the tower block. I just really want to meet Jeff. I'll do whatever it takes. You'll do whatever it takes. Uh So it's a mixture of answers there, is it? You can't do that. (laughs) What you can do is pick one. I'm thinking C. I'll put these into the supercomputer and it'll determine your personality or whether your job ready, right, to drive Savoy's around. So maybe maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. Okay, when will I find out? Next week. You'll find out next week. (laughs) (laughs) What am I to do to Len? Eh? What am I to do to Len? Well, you'll... That's the thing. You know, I did actually go for an interview with the uh, Dixon's the pork shop, right? Mm-hmm. Driving saveloys around that that that, that happened. Did you have right? a saveloy hanging out with your fly when you turned <laughs> up? <laughs> I did. I, I did. I had a bathrobe on and I had a saveloy <laughs> just hanging out. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't even ring his back. They didn't even say anything, man. They didn't get back me at all. I think this is the the way now. I'm starting to feel a little bit like Peter Gabriel. Do you know what I mean? Don't. Give up, give up. <laughs> exactly, uh-huh. so <laughs> I'm starting to feel like that. But, well, at least uh, you've still got your actual job, so yes, know, that's good. I've, I've still got that. Well, I, would, yeah. I, would, I hope you get something else if that's what you want to do. I don't think the bishop, don't look for another bishop job. Do you not think I've got the, 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 the skills to deal with the bishop? I don't think you've got the wherewithal to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, anyway, I've, I've just sent you a message, and it, what it is is me CV. So okay. obviously you deal with things like that, don't you, Cliff? So, okay. I mean, I would give you a job 
instantly. Right. Good. <laughs> so it starts with hello, boss. That's a good start because it means that you're already already thinking, oh, this, you know, this is, he's subservient, but also he already <laughs> works here. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Brett. Cyclopes? I don't. If that's Cyclops, <laughs> that's how you spell it. It is, but it also, is, it it is looks, Cyclops. It looks it Greek. It is how you spell so it. It's not, it, but it looks Greek. In which case, <laughs> it might be how you spell Cyclops. <laughs> it is. <laughs> original spelling. Uh-huh. <laughs> My name is Brett Cyclopes Davidson, and I'm a muscle-bound hunk. You haven't attached a picture with your CV, which is mm-hmm. good, because they would realise that is a lie straight off the bat. Right. I'm looking for a job with the least amount of responsibilities, but pays top dollar. Well, also, that is not an uncommon thing to receive in CVs. The amount of CVs I've got that basically say, I'd like to work for you because I think it would be good for me. is astounding. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many that say that. (laughs) I'm also very physically fit. Well, I know that as a fact, but that's because I've got prior knowledge of you. Um... Halfway across the monkey bars. That's halfway more than I can do. So well done. And your animal spirit is a baboon. <laughs> if it is a baboon, you should be able to get all the way across the monkey bars. You've that's you've done yourself a disservice there. <laughs> Obvious lie. And I think that maybe no, no. I think we've spotted the reason that you haven't got the job because if you were a baboon, you'd have no problems with the monkey bars, would you? To be a bread, they'd be a bread butter man. Would you take us on? A man as a cloth, I think you'll never get a job in the clergy with that. But I would take you on for the type of job, timey laces when they come undone, maybe <laughs> close the drawer when I've opened it, that kind of thing. I'd, I'd I, hire you for that. Or g- general skivvy is what yeah. you're saying. That, oh, well, that, no, that, a, that's a, right. a lace tire is it's important. Right, you wanted us to watch the X-Files this week. And uh, I watched it, so it's not yep. the usual kind of... It was fairly mainstream X-Files. Like, I think now it's a bit of a cult concern, but when it was out, it was pretty big, I remember. I love the X-Files, mate. I'm absolutely massive. I've, I've seen every single episode of the X-Files. 218, 218 yep. episodes. Yeah, I've, I've seen them all. A lot of your then, life, isn't it? it? Well, it's worthy. I didn't know they had a series in 2018, 2018. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so it's... It's never really gone away. It's still it's still here. I think it's still relevant as well, you know, the, the things that they talk about, um, you know, the conspiracy side of things that, you know, there's always conspiracies going around. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably more uh, like people love that and think about that stuff a bit more now, don't they? Like, at a time uh-huh. when it first came out in 1993, it was fairly, that was fairly a cult concern, people thinking about aliens and Area 51 and well, uh-huh. And then obviously this kind of spun out from that all other kinds of conspiracies that might be going on. Now, this is just what people think all the time, all day, every day. Like everything's a conspiracy. Fucking yeah. jet plane clouds that come out of airplanes is chemtrails yeah. and all of that kind That's of stuff. Right. Like I... people, people love a conspiracy these days, the Illuminati and all of that stuff. Like, yeah. uh, So now it probably is. Like People will probably lap it up a bit more now. I mean, there's always been that side of things and a mistrust of the, the, you know, the the government and stuff like that. Mm, I think it was probably the minority of people thought that before, but I think maybe the majority of people are thinking of those kind of, oh, but what's really going on behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. Before, I think it was probably like a cult fuel. You know, you had that 14 Times magazine. I think I might still be going where it was all the kind of alien conspiracy stuff. 
Um, you probably look at like like the lead character, Fox Mulder, David Coveney's character, looked on as a bit of a nerd, and they, they go to pains to point out that he's like he's making stuff up and he's not to be trusted, yeah. and he's a lunatic and all of that. Whereas yeah. now, if somebody said, "Well, you know, the aliens were really on Earth," like people would be like, "Yeah, I know, mate. Uh, government <laughs> fucking covering it up, aren't they?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's more. It's definitely more mainstream. I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? And mm. I, I think that this program might have a lot to do with that. <laughs> it came at the right time, I think. This particular. Well, program. we were 12, weren't we? So yeah, when it first came out, and so you know, you're a right age to start nah. learning about more stuff, more adult stuff when you're yeah. 12. So you yeah, still- I think it came around the right time for us. It certainly did, yeah. I mean, you start sort of realising the world that you're living in, start, you know, questioning things a little bit more, don't you? And I certainly bought into it. I certainly like it. Do you believe in aliens, Cliff? I mean, I don't. I don't think about them. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that you don't. Well, is this the first time that you've ever thought of aliens? Is that what you say? I think. No, I think. Like, I don't know whether this is just me or whatever. Like, I just don't think about stuff that much. <laughs> Somebody will say, oh, I wonder whether that market's going to be on at the weekend. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not bothered if it's on, it's on. I'll find out at the weekend. <laughs> like, just yeah. like, it's like I'm, I genuinely, there might be aliens, there might not be. And, uh, I mean, You're not bothered. It, it, would seem, <laughs> it would seem mad that out of all of the planets and... We're the only planet that anybody from our planet has ever been on, and in our solar system is probably a tiny amount of the entire universe. And I don't know enough yeah. about all of this stuff that yeah. this is the only planet with life. any kind of life forms on. Yeah. Like, I'd be surprised if we were the only kind of life forms on any planet or, or any animals. You know, there might be any, any animals on any other planets that don't have to be yeah. talking human types. Um, so yeah, I mean. Like if 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 I was forced to think about it, then probably probably I would say yeah. I mean, there's got to be some other life forms on other places. So the the episode of X Files he asked us to watch was the Tombs one. It was called Squeeze, yep. and I think it's probably the character in the episode that most people will remember. Um, I had it on, and Jane, my wife, went past like went past, and she was like, "Oh, Tombs! I remember this." Like it's even if no other yeah. X Files episodes are remembered, this is one that will be. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't understand, what I didn't realize was it's the third ever episode. It is. It is the third episode, and it's uh, it it's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. It, brilliant. it is. It is. I just I presumed. I know he's in a later episode. He comes makes a reappearance, isn't he, in a later series? Yeah. Um, but I always thought this was like well on like in the series um uh-huh. I, I was really really shocked that it was the third one um not just because it, it already feels like the characters of Mulder and Scully are are totally there you know like the it's for the third episode it, it's all there uh-huh. already like he's the straight laced one who's yeah. trying to do everything about books he's the guy who's trying to get it think outside the box yeah. and he's coming with conspiracy theories and all the other like suited fbi guys are like oh this guy's a, a lunatic what you're hanging around with him for um it, mm-hmm. that's all fully realized and it's only episode three and the first two episodes of this one this is a big shift in the style mm-hmm. of it as well it goes from 
or there's, do you know that Roswell was a cover-up to actually, yeah. this is pretty much an hour of a horror. It's, yeah. it's not it's not a conspiracy theory show. No. This is a horror show, and it, it's yeah. really effective. And what they, what they called it is, and it happened quite a lot throughout the series, um, they called it the monster of the week. So it would be a deviation from the, the sort of overlying conspiracy theory mm-hmm. arc. Um, and they would have sort of st- standalone sort of episodes where there would be just a monster. Um, and this was the first one of those particular ones. Um, and it, it, it's always been some, um, a, a one that stuck out in my head. Always something that I remember. And that's probably due to the, you know, the, 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 I, think, I think the guy that plays Tombs mm-hmm. who goes on um, to be in the Green Mile. Doug Hutchinson, mm-hmm. who's in the Green Mile, and he's equally menacing and horrible. Yeah, he's awful in, in that. Uh, he's in the Green Mile. He's, he's absolutely horrible. horrible. He is. But he doesn't actually do much in this particular episode. And the best, no, he's not in know, it best a lot. villains. He's not in it a lot, but the best villains aren't in, you know, things a lot. They're not in it a lot. If they were in it too much, then it wouldn't be quite as scary. He doesn't say a lot. He says very little. He's only probably in the 50-minute episode for about seven minutes or something. Yeah. Um, but he, he's massively effective. He's probably yeah, he not his creepiest role. Is not the Green Mile either. It's probably the husband of 16-year-old Courtney Stodden. Courtney Stodden? <laughs> you know, do you not know about this? No. I don't know how she became famous, but let's say she was on some kind of reality TV show. And she was like a, a young, pretty teenage girl. And he married her mm-hmm. when he was like 40-something. I'm going to say 40. I, I, to be honest, I don't know. And she yeah. was 16-year-old. And they were on a reality TV show together about a courtship in their, in their early marriage. And it's really, right. really disturbing. Uh, yeah, it's, have... it's, it's disturbing. You need to watch it. It's, I'm it's weird. To search this out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. I think after that. He hasn't been in anything else. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's tarnished his reputation so much. Was he in Lost as well? Or did he play a yeah, he was in Lost. Yeah, he was, uh, he was in Lost. I mean, I love Lost. I, I don't know about you. I think it's amazing. But the first episode is absolutely incredible. I uh, love the first series. I watched the second series and also liked it, but I was getting a bit like, wanting to know yeah. what's going on here. And uh-huh. I think I give up at the beginning of the third one because I was like, we're not really going to get any answers to what's happening at this. And I think oh, you, that was yeah, one you, show where I did think that you needed a bit of like, uh-huh. it felt like we're taking a piss a bit out of the, the watchers. Like I say, I've, I've told you um, about Lennon before and I sat, I've, I've watched Lost all the way through once by myself. And then I watched it with Lennon and Lennon was, he was just addicted to it. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. He's got a lost t-shirt. <laughs> he's got lost figures in his room. Has he? He's got, oh, good. It's got all the stuff because it's captivating stuff. It's absolutely brilliant. And that yeah. was actually influenced by the X-Files. I mean, there's other things as well. I remember going to watch the film, probably with you at the pictures in Bolden. Um, yeah, I think so. 1997 or 98, I think. So we would have uh-huh. been like uh, 16 yeah. or 17. I didn't watch the second film that came out about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. The first film, when we went to see that, I walked all the way home. It was about six miles. <laughs> I've got no I idea why. Like, <laughs> so, sometimes you, you had to, though. Um, your so your house yeah. was halfway. So I walked like another three miles just on my own, like through rough estates. Because <laughs> White Lees isn't rough, is it? 
the episode. I think the last the last time I was in White Le- the last time I was in White Leeds was when I went yeah. to the Red Duster with Tino. Right. I left him, and you remember I got flashed by the fella, the weird fella who used to wear the running pants. You know what I mean? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. So he I looks a bit like Tombs him as well, doesn't he? <laughs> so I left the Red Duster, and I was yeah. walking to get the bus up to Newcastle. And he comes walking across the road and he was like, obviously he's got like, you know, he's got some challenges, I would say. Uh, uh-huh. But he came over, he was like, oh, hiya, uh, what's your name? I was like, oh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I'm Paul. He was like, ah, oh, Michael. And he shook me hand. I was like, oh, all right. Uh, he went, well, you get the bus. So I was like, yeah, I'm getting the bus, but like not from it, not from this bus stop. I'm walking down there. And he was like, all right, I'll come with you. I was like, oh, hey, honestly, you don't need to, mate. Like, I was like, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And he was like, all right, then, all right, see you later. And I walked off, and then uh, all I heard was like, Paul. And I turned around, he just had his pants down. Just had his <laughs> pants down. <laughs> right. So, uh, I, I, honestly, I, I, like, I didn't do anything. I just turned around and kept walking. Uh, and then I heard him, he, again, he went, Paul. And I thought, I'm not falling for it <laughs> twice. Like... <laughs> So uh, I just messaged... like I've been to date to be honest with you and your role <laughs> well there's that but I messaged Tino who I just left in the pub saying uh, oh you know that weird fella he's called Michael who wears the uh, the running gear uh, uh-huh. he's just flashed us and I got a message back off Tino saying what you mean Michael the runner I'm playing pool with him right now <laughs> <laughs> tell us about tombs right so the, the the story um about tombs, what he is, he seems to be some kind of mutant, doesn't he, Cliff? Mm-hmm. Um basically what happens is Scully and uh are molded upon this case by that gentleman. Donald Log, I think he's called, something that like is, that yeah, anyway. Right. Yeah. Um and he he's he's pretty stumped, isn't he? He he can't work out how these these people are being killed, these murders that he's investigating because mm-hmm. There's no point of entry um, yeah. into the buildings where you know the people are being murdered, and, mm-hmm. and what's happening with the, the people who are being killed is the livers are being removed um, and taken away or partially eaten. Um, so Mulder and Scully are put onto the case base, basically, and, and what they've got to do is work out how the, this person gets into the room. Mulder, what he does is, is looks for fingerprints where obviously the other FBI guys haven't looked. Um, mm-hmm. And he finds a, a stretch, an elongated you know, fingerprint. Mm-hmm. And what he works out is is that this um, particular fingerprint dates back to a, an earlier X-File that he's been reading about. He thinks, automatically thinks, oh, this is this case from 1933. And obviously everybody else is like, well, obviously that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. So uh, Scully, what she does, she does a profile on, on the, the killer. Um, to determine, obviously, who he is, which is a thing that the FBI do. Um, and she kind of works out that he'll return to the site of a previous murder um, because he'll get yeah. the, the, the sort of thrill of of of, uh, of the kill. Um, mm-hmm. And Mulder, Mulder thinks that, that that's wrong and that won't happen. Um, but Scully sort of stakes out the uh, a place where a previous murder has occurred. Um, mm-hmm. Mulder walks off it's in a car park, and you can hear sort of wriggling in the mm-hmm. vents, can't you, yeah. Cliff? Um, yeah, he's in the vents. Um, so uh, 
the the corn had this gentleman anyway, and he works for like a an animal. Um, what, how, how do you say? Is that a pest control? Isn't it? Pest control. That's it. He's a, he works for <laughs> pest control. Well, that's why he's got a, a sort of reason for being in the vents. That's uh-huh. that's the reason that he gives. So they think it's him anyway, and and, and Mold has convinced it's him and puts him through a lie detector test and tells him or asks him various questions. Um, have you ever killed anybody? Um, things like that. But there's a couple of questions which are odd. Um, which were you alive in 1930 or or something like that? Yeah. So they let him go, and we'll find out that this particular person's called Eugene Victor Toombs. Yeah. Um, and what happens is, um, Mulder, through the use of a Commodore 64. Um, finds that the, the print <laughs> it's probably not a Commodore 64 but there you go but the, the, the print, if you elongate the print if you stretch Toombs' print out because obviously they've mm-hmm. took fingerprints from him that matches the print from the, the crime scene yeah. so it is him yeah. so at the crime scene of this fella's office he takes the print from like from an air vent doesn't he like the air mm-hmm. vent leading into the office and you can see there's a, a screw that's fallen on the floor that's um, right. That's next to it. So he's like, "Oh, I'll have a dust up there for prints," and it turns out yeah. it's a really elongated fingerprint, uh, yeah. which doesn't, you know, there's no explanation for that. I think this is the best bit. This way, he, he's getting in the chimney like a deranged Santa Claus. Um, it's yeah. the grunts that he makes, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's the the terrifying thing. So yeah, he's, it's weird. He's, he's stretching down. The chimney. He can obviously stretch himself, but he's, mm-hmm. he's making these horrible <laughs> oh, noises. <laughs> well, he's putting his shoulders out of joint so, and stuff yeah, like that. I mean, it, it's a great monster. He's, he looks. He's just like a dull kind of, like just an and every. In fact, he looks like a loser. Like you would walk past him on the street. He's got no kind of personality. Oh. I think that's what makes the character really creepy. He's got kind of dead eyes that you see. Yeah. The first time you see his eyes, he's in the fucking drains, isn't he? <laughs> That's right. He's, he's a bit like Pennywise, isn't he? The first time that you well, see him. So, I'm not seeing I mean, that. I was this... thinking more of Tom Fun or thinking Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get in the drains. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, there's no mystery. As an audience, we know that Tombs is, is yeah. the person. Yeah, you know it. You at, know it yeah. At the, yeah, at the start, you see him in the drains and he's, he's sort of eyes are yellow in colour. Um, and he's, he's yeah, staring at, at the first person. His eyes are yellow, but then they're, they're not yellow when he's being interviewed and stuff. He's just looks yeah, like a normal fellow. It's almost um, like his eyes turn yellow when he's he's hunting. That's that's what it seems well, like. So, do you think it's anything to do with the liver? You know, like if you're jaundiced, yeah. you go yellow. And uh-huh. uh, obviously, he goes in after the liver, and then maybe yeah. after that, he turns back to normal again. His eyes are he's yeah. fine. I wonder whether it's that anyway. I, I think so, and I think you know we're, we're going to talk about his nest, the the place where he yeah. sort of lives, or the place where he sleeps, and that's <laughs> that's full of violent and bile is that type of colour, isn't it? It's yeah, like it's a yellow. So, so yeah, anyway, uh, uh, Tombs does kill this particular person if he's getting down the chimney like the the Santa Claus, um, yeah. and he takes a trophy and Mulder says it's Tombs. I know it's Tombs. He finds another fingerprint. And he says yeah. he's also t- he's took something, he's yeah. took a trophy, he's like which is a, what serial killers do. So they the, the run through records and and things, and and they find out that uh, Tombs has 
sort of lived in this particular place. To, to find out that there was a Eugene Victor Tombs in 1933, mm-hmm. uh, and to see a picture of him in the paper, they go through the microfiche of the old papers, and uh, yeah. to find this old report of somebody, like basically him back then, um, and they decide to go to the same address, don't they? Um, they don't find anything about tombs. Mm-hmm. They don't find a, they don't find a birth certificate or anything. But what they yeah. do find is um, the the police officer who was in charge of the case. Uh, that's it. That's the, yep. the murders were similar. So what they do mm-hmm. is they go to see him, and he's great. The guy who was the the, the police uh, the policeman. Yeah, he's excellent. He's in like an he's old excellent. person's home. Yeah, I think all that. That's to be honest, they're brilliant as well. Well, I think. I think I think Donald Logue is kind of the. I know it's the character because you don't. You're not meant to like him. Um, uh-huh. But I think he kind of lets it down. The scenes with him in, just they just like I don't know. Nothing really happens. I think the the this yeah. storyline is basically a full horror film in about fifty minutes, and uh-huh. the only bits that kind of make it drag are the bits with him in because like you kind of get it. He does. He yeah. likes Scully. He wants Scully to go and be work for him and he's he's doing what it takes to get to the top and he thinks she yeah. should as well and he mm-hmm. she th- he thinks that uh Mulder's like dragging her down and he can't believe that uh-huh. she's siding with him but like yeah. once you've seen that once or twice that's uh-huh. enough but he pops up like every 10 minutes giving the same kind of speech yeah. and i don't think he, i don't think he does a bad job because he is a loathsome he portrays the loathsome character but yeah. um it just doesn't really add anything to the story the rest of it really fizzles along uh, what well, I think, I think he's a complete dick, but I think he is um, the connection to the, the overlapping storyline where everybody thinks that Mulder's a nutcase. Yeah, I suppose You so. know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I, I mean, and he, he does his job because he is a dick and yeah. you don't like him. You know, every time yeah. he comes on, he's... Yeah, he's, absolutely. He, he is actually an integral part of, of what happens in the end as well. Um, the The... Go to see the policeman, um, and and he shows them pictures of tombs from yeah. You know, he's got an old newspaper. Yeah, it's 1963, yeah. isn't it? So basically, it's every right. 30 years it turns out. He's like, That's oh yeah, right. 1963. Hours after this fella, he has uh-huh. his picture, and it's yeah. it's the same. It's the same it's one. The same and he says, yeah. if it is the same fella, he'll obviously look a lot older than this now. But he doesn't, right. and that's it starts getting a bit weird. So not only is yeah. it the same bloke, but he hasn't aged in thirty yeah. years, but maybe sixty years. And and what the workout is that there's five murders, so there's five livers every thirty years. The liver's a regenerative sort of organ, isn't it? It can mm-hmm. repair itself. Yeah. So that that gives him sustenance for the mm-hmm. thirty years of hibernation, so he can go on and and do the same thing again. So after the policeman. <laughs> Um, the what, he's got the nest. Yeah, he, he puts them on at 66 Exeter Street, I think that's what yeah. it is. And, and they discover Tomb's Nest. Does the liver, uh, uh, not, uh, I don't know about this, I'm not a medical man, but does the liver produce bile? Oh yeah, con- it's produced continuously by the liver, stored and concentrated in the gallbladder. Yeah, right. Wikipedia. So, so, so there you go then. So what he's, he's actually doing is, is consuming the livers and he's regurgitating the bile from the livers to make it's his fat. nest so he can it's he can sleep for 30 years. Totally. It's fat expulsion is what he's doing. So Mulder and Scully go down. They, they, they don't see 
Tombs at all to go down. We'll find out that Tombs is actually there, and he takes Watch. Scully's uh, necklace. Grabs it off her. He's like hanging from above, doesn't he? Maybe one of That's his long right. fingers comes down and gets it off her. But yeah, yeah. the next yeah. scene is probably one of the best scenes in any TV show. The, like it's the best scene in this program by far, and it's uh-huh. absolutely chilling. It's it's really creepy. I'm kind of getting goosebumps like thinking about it. I remember watching it as a te- like as a 12 year old and I would have been shit scared at that point but even now watching the scene where basically he takes that's his trophy from her okay. but he takes it before he's killed her so you know he's going to go for her you know it's even more kind of nerve wracking because she goes home and she's running a bath and obviously that's a very vulnerable yeah. like situation to be in and you're just yeah. waiting for it to come it's, it it's come, perfect yeah. Perfect yeah. suspense, like horror suspense direction. It's yeah. it's it's excellent. It's like truly excellent. This scene, it's, it is. it's fantastic. So they they try and stake out, you know, the sixty six exit of that street, um, and Coulson, that the 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 FBI guy who's an arsehole, he calls off the yeah the sort of stake out, doesn't he? So we know them off, yeah. then. Yeah, as soon as as soon as we find out that, we know that he's going for Scully. He's going for mm-hmm. her. And like I say, that builds the tension, doesn't it? The horror of that this guy can stretch his limbs, which is how he gets in and out of vents, is yeah. like it's kind of minor to the tension at this point. Uh-huh. I mean, it, 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 you know, we're talking about 1993, so practical effects, you know, people are used to, but you know, the type of effects that they're, they're trying to use in this, oh yeah, is a new oh, I... thing. I agree, and 1993 and the TV show and the third episode of the TV show that wasn't that popular at that, you know, they didn't know Uh how popular it was going to be. Obviously, it wasn't going to have, like, shitloads of uh, of budget behind it. I mean, at the time, Julian Anderson and David Duchovny are are unknowns, and, like, so is the rest of the cast. So it's not, like, of course, the effects aren't great. I I totally get that now. But it's just when you watch it now, you can be like, oh, not great, but... With CGI and stuff like that, I mean, I've taught you before that I don't particularly like it. I mean, 20 years from now, we might be looking at the Avengers films and things like that and thinking, buy that shit in it. <laughs> he shoots out the uh, the vent anyway and uh, Mulder saves but the thing is, The thing is that I think about this, the bit that is really chilling is that she's getting ready for a bath and she's on the phone to Mulder saying... Uh, yeah, they've done this and then you know they're not watching it anymore and Mulder's like oh shit that he's coming for you hang on I'm coming to get you and while she's on the phone some bile drips from the ceiling onto her and that's uh-huh. the bit where she realizes he's there and that yeah. is prop shocking and then uh-huh. he shoots out the uh, vent straight at her um and uh-huh. I, I mean it's pretty rudimentary after that there's just a struggle and Mulder breaks in and there's, there's mm-hmm. a fight but one of the things is he, he handcuffs him to a radiator, yeah, which is totally pointless because it is. the one thing we know about him is he uh-huh. can stretch uh, yeah. <laughs> and he could um, easily get out of those handcuffs, but that doesn't really materialise it. I think if he had just handcuffed him and not had a gun on him, then he would have mm. escaped, wouldn't he? Yeah, um, I guess. But he does have a gun on him. Um, and then it, it's based, it's the end, really, isn't it? It cuts to him um, in, you see him in um, a, cell? a prison cell. Yeah, cuts through him in a prison cell um, where Mulder sort of says, this guy, you know, people have got loads of security on the homes and stuff like that. And when you see someone like this, it doesn't make any difference. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a 
brilliant sinister bit i think the x-files really good at at, at the ending where it's it's ambiguous isn't it it's it's yeah. sort of yeah. you know it's worrying this guy can come back and makes you think about what you've just watched because uh, mm-hmm. as he's as he's sitting there they give him the dinner through a very small hatch and mm-hmm. Toom sort of stares at the hatch and you know what he's thinking i can get out of there so yeah he's yeah. designing it up but the other thing is he's starting to make another cocoon isn't he he's like yeah he's like licking bits of paper and throwing them out uh-huh. the wall so he's yeah. starting to build another cocoon thinking you can keep me in here for as long as you want i'm going to be all yeah. right um uh-huh. and also i could get out of that hatch if i really wanted to <laughs> so there's yeah. like it's like twofold um yeah. Like it's good. It's it's not just a, a simple, straightforward ending, and it just like kind of ends on that. And it is really eerie. It's really, yeah. really eerie. Like the whole episode is, but especially that bit and the bathroom yeah. scene are like yeah. just so creepy. Like they, they stay with you, and that's why I think that episode must went a long way to X Files being popular, like and and maintaining its popularity. Like yeah. you know the name. I know that that's not just tombs i know he's called eugene tombs like it's yeah. it's it just sticks with you it's just um, ingrained, and fair play to doug hutchinson for for doing that he, uh-huh. he he totally totally nailed it it's yeah. brilliant i'm pleased you mentioned to watch this it's a bit of a a, a veer off from the stuff we've been talking about so far but uh-huh. i think it is something that kind of faded away a bit and people yeah. should go back and watch some of it like mm-hmm. uh i mean there's 218 episodes it's unlikely you're gonna people are gonna love every one but if you just mm-hmm. watch one episode then this episode is the one. three series one squeeze yeah. just it's worth an hour of your time or less than an hour of your time well that was good yeah, it was okay right well thanks very much for that and thanks everyone for listening remember to keep following us at f circus pod on twitter and join in our facebook page brett and cliff's flea circus podcast for we'll basically discuss uh, what we're talking about on the podcast and any new suggestions and and anything else really um like from the x files and from brett and cliff's flea circus we'll see you later i'm about to get okay. in the drains <laughs> i'll be in the drains with you as well <laughs> and i'm watching an event in this hotel room tonight i'm telling you that <laughs> I sweet dreams cliff had sweet dreams. <laughs> see you later <laughs> see you later man hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.